kind of GR, Wilson, Merritt, flatbed, stock trailers, even tandem axle enclosed cargo trailers. Stop in, let's work something out. Here at Prime Rate Motors, the Super Trailer Store, or PrimeRateMotors.com. Are you ready for a new career? Your locally owned McDonald's in Chatham, Buffalo, and Gillette is in search of crew members and shift managers. Owner, Larry Storrow. Bob, one of the many benefits of working for McDonald's is our tuition assistance programs. You can earn a college degree through Colorado Technical University with 100% of your tuition covered. Or you can earn up to $3,000 in tuition assistance for Sheridan College or the University of Wyoming. Come in and we'll explain all the details. If you need your high school diploma, McDonald's will assist with that as well. Join the McDonald's team today. McDonald's working to brighten your future. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program brought to you by Elias and Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Now, this morning, we are joined by Superintendent of Sheridan County School District Number 1, Mr. Pete Kilbride. Good morning, Mr. Kilbride. Good morning, Floyd. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for driving out here and being with us in person. I greatly appreciate that. Now, for those who may not know, uh, can you tell us the schools that are within your district? You bet. So Sheridan District 1 encompasses um, the Tongue Valley, which is Ranchester and Dayton and Parkman, um, as well as Bighorn. So we kind of make a, a little bit of a horseshoe around Sheridan proper, and that becomes uh, Sheridan District 1. So about about a thousand kids total, uh, a little over a thousand brick and mortar, and um, you include our, our virtual kids, which we'll talk about a little later, I hope. Um, we're at about 1,200 kids. Wow, 1,200 kids over there with you. Now, how has the beginning of the school year gone so far? You know, it's been a really good start to the year. Um, obviously, the last few years have been a bit of a challenge with, uh, with COVID and things like that. Um, so about as normal of a start of a year as you could have. Uh, we're super happy about that. And, and I, think, I think kids and staff, parents, everybody was so looking forward to just let's get back to normal. Yeah. It really feels like we've had that. Now, are there, are there still any kind of restrictions uh, regarding COVID or any warnings from the CDC or Wyoming Department of Health or anything like that? Still? You know, we continue to follow that very closely. And, and really, right now, COVID is being treated like you would a cold or a flu or strep. It's, it's make sure, you know, if you do test positive, um, you're going to stay home for, for the five days um, and then reassess for symptoms and you can come back on day six. They recommend wearing a mask, but uh, it's, not, it's not mandatory. Um, and, and so it, it's, it's really kind of like we, we normally would do if, if a kid were sick. We don't do the contact tracing. We're not keeping families home because mom has it. Um, and, and so it, it's, yeah, it's like a very, very normal start to the year. See, that's fantastic to hear. Uh, now, I know that uh, like hand sanitizers and things like that were probably put at the doorways and, and stuff. Are those still being maintained? Is that practice just kind of now a general practice? It, it really is, Floyd. And, and we, you know, we have the hand sanitizer still there. We did keep um, two, we call them COVID cleaners, uh, for lack of a better word. Uh, we have two extra custodians in the district than, than we would normally have. And they hit our high-touch areas, our locker handles, our door handles, all of that um, throughout the day. 
and it's a practice we're probably going to continue because what we noticed is um, our, our absences due to flu and common cold also went down during this period by doing these extra cleaning measures. And really? So yeah. For us, for us, it's, it's going to be worth keeping You're that on. And it's always hard, like you know, it's hard to find custodial help, kitchen help, um, things like that. So the fact that we were able to keep these people on full time, we used to have four during, during the heart of, um, of the COVID outbreak. We had four COVID cleaners and we reduced to two and we will probably continue that um, for the next couple of years. Well, it's, it's actually fantastic to hear because, you know, cutting down uh, uh, absences for any reason is, is great. So now, uh, what exactly are the duties of a superintendent within a school district? Sure. So the, the superintendent's kind of the CEO of, of the organization. Um, I, I work for a board of trustees. We have a five-member board. Um, and the board's responsibility is to kind of outline policy and set set policy um, in partnership with the superintendent. So we take a look at um, what do we want our kids to, to know and be able to do, and then how do we make that happen. So, you know, really the superintendent and the board work hand in hand on, on directing finances, where the finance is going to go, um, what do we want to see for our kids uh, K through 12. and superintendent kind of directs that and, and probably the largest job that I have is hiring good people yeah. um, and and once you can do that um, then you let them let them take over I think it was Steve Jobs that said you know uh, it doesn't make any sense to hire really good people and then tell them what to do you know uh, yeah so you, you hire great people and then allow them the parameters you know with with, with some borders to do what they do best now what inspired you to take on this position because uh, this is a lot of responsibility, uh, a big position within the school district. What what started that fire? Um, you know, I I started off like like most people in administration. I started off as a uh, as a teacher and a coach, um, and uh, was encouraged to uh, get a master's in counseling from a friend of mine when I was teaching down at Laramie High School. So I, I'd moved into that position, and um, a couple of people you know, asked me if, if I would consider going in for an administrative degree and so did that and was the principal at Tumber Middle School for, for four years um, and really it wasn't a position I was seeking. I, I uh, was approached by the board to consider it when, when our uh, superintendent had resigned uh, effective at the end of the year if I would consider that position. So. Um, it was really just kind of based on the confidence that the school board had in me um, and friends encourage, encouraging me to take that position and, and to help lead the district. Now, can you tell me a little bit about the push for K through third grade literacy? Uh, there is an entire, uh, I don't know what you would call this, a booklet out there that I ended up finding. This is a big push in the Wyoming Department of Education. What is that in regard to? Why are we, why are we focusing on that? You bet. Great question. And, and the big push there is we know that if kids are reading at grade level by the end of third grade, their chances of graduating from high school, which we know opens so many doors for, for kids, um, is so important. And so we're wanting to make sure that kids are prepared and, and ready for the academic rigor um, that they're going to experience. And so the K-3 that's where the magic happens. You know, if you ever go into a classroom and you look at what those kids do in, in kindergarten through third grade, it really is magical. And, and for the kids to be able to understand um, 
how to read and read well. Um, and, and that's kind of a misnomer. Uh, part, part of the push from the legislature is they look at test scores and say, okay, 50% of our kids can't read. That's not true. That you know, the, the, the YTOP does not measure reading specifically. Um, it measures a whole bunch of different things under language arts. Um, but, but we do want to make sure kids are reading at grade level. So, yeah. you know, we have assessments that are in place. We take that information. Um, and, and we've responded. Uh, we, we applied for what's called the Y-Built Grant, uh, Believing in Literacy Together. Wyoming put that together. And so we have a three-year grant. Uh, with that money, we've, we've hired a literacy coordinator and four literacy coaches um, to work with our staff on how best to address the needs of kids. And so if we see a kid that is not reading at grade level, they step in with learning strategies to help the teachers help those students. Now, reading comprehension uh, is, is obviously probably one component of that, because a child can read, maybe they can read well, but understanding what they're reading, uh, I think is, is plays, and obviously I'm not a teacher, I'm just assuming, right. plays a huge part in, in, in this uh, program, correct? It is, it is, and, and comprehension is a big piece of that, and so, yeah, it's one thing to read the words on the page, it's another to understand what are the words trying to tell me. Um, can, can you pick out the main theme? Can you tell the author's purpose? What is the voice that's being used? Um, those are all things that, that we want our kids to be able to know. Um, fluency is another one. Being able to read um, at a rate that allows you to get to the end uh, of, a, of a storybook or a chapter. And so um, can you read with fluency? That's another area that we look at. Decoding. Can we make sense of, if you see a word that you've never seen before, do you have the tools to be able to decode what that word maybe means because you know what the prefix means and you know what the suffix means? So can I decode words? Um, because you're going to encounter, you know, words in books and magazines, newspapers that you don't already know. Yeah. So can I decode that? That's interesting. I never really thought, I, I never thought of that, but that is like a core component at, at that age group. Uh, I think a lot of us take that for granted that we can just do that. Yep, that do. has to be taught. It, it has to be taught, and it, and it was taught to us at some point. You know, we just don't remember what that was like. Yeah. And so um, that that's really the focus of, of that K-3 literacy. And in and our district, uh, we're in the first year cycle of this three-year cycle. We bring in um, consultants. Um, they, work, they work with our staff. They'll actually be here on campus here in in two weeks to go into our classrooms, observe our teachers, give feedback, um, and, and it's a two-pronged approach. We look at our district data. Um, what can we do whole district? Where are we falling down? Is it vocabulary, which is what we're identifying right now? Um, and then at the building level, the second prong is at the building level. What does my building need specifically? So the needs at, at say, Bighorn Elementary may be different than the needs at Tongue River Elementary. And so they'll kind of personalize um, their feedback to us as a result of the, of the walkthroughs that they do. How can parents help? So, you know, the one thing parents can do, certainly reading to your kids, um, is, is so vitally important. Um, kid, kids will, will mimic what their parents do, the good and the bad that we do, right? Yes, yeah, they're so, little sponges too, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> they do, they soak it up, and so if they see us reading, they will become readers. If we read to them, um, even if they're not able to read, having them simply, you know, sit and listen to you read a story, they start to understand um, 
the lilt in your voice, the speed with which you speak, um, all those things make a big, huge impact on kids um, and, and certainly is a way for parents to help. You know, um, like a cadence almost uh, within the style that we read. I right. Think, you know, especially in radio, once you hit radio, you learn that everybody's got their own cadence to how they read things. And, and I've always found that really fascinating. But my daughter tends to read at the kind of the same cadence as I do. Right, uh, right. And I never really thought about that till just now. Now, why, uh, why is the time frame so important? Uh, K through, through third grade. Is this where uh, literacy is, is kind of fundamentally built? I mean, we're not just putting a foundation down here. This, this is a house, right? Correct, correct. And we're continuing to build it. And, and really, it, it's, it starts at birth. You know, it starts at birth with the parents being, you know, reading to the kids and, um, and having them understand, you know, looking through picture books and identifying things. It all starts right there. K through three, we're continuing to build that, that house, as you say. Um, and, and know that it's going to get more challenging as it goes. And so if you don't have that strong, strong foundation in comprehension, fluency, and decoding, um, by the time they hit fourth grade, it's going to become more of a struggle. Now, we yeah. still identify those things, um, but you're playing catch-up. And yeah. so if we can make that foundation, that's why we, you know, we put a lot of emphasis in, in our preschool programs and um, making sure kids are ready for kindergarten. It used to be... You know, at kindergarten you came and you kind of were doing your colors and letters and things like that. Now it's like, no, kids are coming able to read. You know? Wow, wow. So it's, 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 it's definitely changed from, from when you and I were, were perhaps in yeah. school. <laughs> 1985, I remember sitting in a classroom uh, because the S was shaped uh, like a snake. And so it was just a snake. And I remember learning the letter S. And now kids are able to come in and read simple picture books. Yes. I mean, we're really moving forward. I, I think a lot more than what uh, many people might think. Absolutely. Yeah, it is, it is definitely ramped up. And, and we don't want to go so fast, but, but the world is changing. You know, they say that, that uh, you know, what we learn, you know, like in technology, it's obsolete in nine months, yeah. you know, because it is changing so quickly. We have to respond as, as a public education system. We have to respond to that change. Wow. And that's going to be hard to keep up with. It, it is. You're, you're constantly reading. You're constantly studying, finding best practices, and then having to implement that with, with your staffs. And that becomes hard because, you know, it's easy to go, well, it worked for me the old way we did it. But, but that, you know, that prepared us for, you know, the 20. 20th century, not yeah. the 21st century, and that's why we have to change with the times. And that was my next question. How do we implement a large-scale program like this uh, within an entire district? You know, it takes it takes a collective commitment, and, and, and we look at John Hattie's work. John Hattie um, has done meta-analysis um, of best practices in education. So a meta-analysis is taking a look at several different um, studies that have been done and then narrowing those down to see what works best. And, and one of the things that has the highest, um, highest impact on learning is collective efficacy. If you and I both believe that what we're doing works, it will work. And so it has a 1.57 um, coefficient of effectiveness. In other words, and that could move a kid two to three grades. Anything above a 0.4 
um, is, is about a grade's worth of growth. And so just the fact that we, if we all believe in this, if we make a collective commitment, you will make, you will make that gain. That's fascinating. Yeah, and if you don't, that, that's a recipe for disaster. You know, you, 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 you'll sabotage what you're trying to do as a district if people don't have that collective commitment. And, and in Sheridan One, we were very fortunate that people uh, believe in this. And, and, you know, we talk about the buy-in, and, and they have. That's fascinating. Uh, if we all believe in it together. Well, this yeah, can work. Sure, and, and, there, and there's been studies. Um, I wish I could. I wish I could quote what study it was, but I remember this in, in my undergrad program, where they took a group of kids and they gave them to teachers, and they told the teachers, "This group is a special group. They're really, really bright." They gave a second group and said, "These kids are just kind of average learners." They took a third group and said, "This is a group of low learners. They they really struggle." And they did that study for like a six or eight week period. Now the reality was. They were all just random kids. Yeah. But the kids that were told, uh, the teacher was told that they are very bright and intelligent, scored much higher than those that were told that they were low learners. We responded. We got what we wanted. We, yeah. we expected the kids to be poor because that's what we were told they were, and that's what they ended up scoring like. So if you believe the kids can learn, they will. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that reminds me of something in the military. Uh, I used to tell my team when we were building a bridge, you are the gold team. You are the gold standard. And uh, I'm proud to say that they would beat uh, record times getting that bridge up. Sure. Uh, because they believe yep. I'm gold. Uh, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to perform. Yeah, go. That's absolutely amazing. All right. When we return, we're going to continue with Superintendent of Sheridan County School District number one, Mr. Kilbride. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM. Shared. We understand everybody's situation is different. Everyone who comes to Prime Rate Motors is looking for a new vehicle. We also sell and install GR versions. At Eliasson Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliasson Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. I really hate to say this, but winter is coming. It's time to think about getting your vehicle ready for Wyoming winter roads. Here's a tip to help you save some bank. Go see Tim or Joel at Midas for September specials on all things necessary to keep you safely on the road this winter. Tires, brakes, fluids, battery, and tune-ups. You can save on the repairs you need while getting peace of mind knowing your car is in the hands of experts. Midas Tire and Auto on East Brundage Lane in Sheridan. Each week we send about 400 Okay, let this see. Pioneers cross the vast wilderness in covered wagons, and today a lot of their offspring actually settle arms to remind them to drink water. If you're needing water, all you have to do is call 307 Wildcat Well Service, a local company that specializes in locating water, drilling and pumps, even solar powered water wells. For water wells and all that goes with them, but for 307 Wildcat Well Service in the country mountains. And you too will have cool, clean water. Water. Those
This announcement is brought to you by Farmers Co-op, your farm and ranch supply store on Coffin Avenue. LifeLink of Sheridan County delivers peace of mind. Are you concerned for a loved one's safety and independence? LifeLink provides alert systems that work in the home or on the go, 24/7, 365 days a year. Installation and maintenance are done by a local representative. No long-term contract, no service cancellation fee. For more information on LifeLink, call Terry at 307-751-9348. As we enter the fall months, have you made that plan to market your business? Are you stuck, confused on what to do? Hi, this is Bob Grammons, General Manager at Sheridan Media. Let us help you put a plan in place as we gear up for the holiday season. Sheridan Media can market your business on up to nine different radio stations. We can place your print ad in front of nearly 18,000 households in Sheridan and Johnson County with the Country Bounty. Or market your business worldwide through a variety of digital products that we offer. We can also place your ad on our two websites. Let our creative and experienced marketing team put a well-thought-out and professional, comprehensive marketing plan together to connect with your customers on multiple media platforms. No high pressure. Let's tell your story, whether locally or across the country. Call Sheridan Media today at 672-7421 or email sales at SheridanMedia.com and let us go to work for you. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Eliason Financial. This morning, I am joined by Superintendent of Sheridan County School District Number 1, Mr. Pete Kilbride. Now, Mr. Kilbride, there was a question that I had uh, before we went to break, uh, um, and this talks about school safety, school security, something that is on the mind of parents all across this nation. Uh, uh, what are the priorities when the district sits down to talk about school safety and security? So, so our big thing is, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people will look at having um, an SRO on, on site in case of a, you know, of a bad event like you read in the paper. And, and really what we have found is, is the social emotional well-being of the kids is probably the greatest preventative effort to having something bad go down. Um, so we do have two SROs um, that we brought on the last couple of years. Um, probably the biggest thing we've done is we've hired a social worker and that's a new position for us. She'll be starting her third year now. Um, and, and what she does is, is she is a liaison uh, to help parents get resources they need. So, you know, what, what can parents do to help with safety and security? It, it's being able to recognize if, if there are things that, uh, that they notice um, at, at school or are coming back with, uh, with things that they've heard. Let us know that and so we can address those things. Um, you know, we added two new counselors. Um, we used to have a, a counselor that was shared between the elementary and the middle school. And, and the needs are just too great. And so taking care of our kids socially and emotionally is probably the greatest thing we can do uh, for safety and security in our, in our schools. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go off, off uh, well, we'll stay on this topic. But uh, I just had a, a kind of a follow-up question here. And that is, in your opinion, at, you've obviously been within education for many, many years. Have you seen the bullying-type culture fade away? Or is it just as strong now or different than it was when, when you and I would have been in school? Right. I, I, think, I think you're right when you say it's different. different. You know, I, I, think, you know, I think we certainly address it. Um, 
there, there will be things that, that come up, you know, as, as adolescents will do, you know, they, they will say a, a cutting remark. Um, what I think is different now is the availability to hide behind a screen. Yeah. And so I, I think the things that we see are kids will Snapchat something. Um, or po- I guess they don't use Facebook, but, you know, they'll, they'll whatever social media <laughs> yeah. they're using, yeah. their Instagram account, and, and they'll say, gosh, so-and-so is really ripping on somebody. And it goes viral. And where it used to be, I'd have to go tell somebody, well, I don't like Floyd, you know. I'd have to go tell them face-to-face, and I had to risk you punching me when you did find out. And now you simply put that out there in an Instagram post, send it to thousands of people, and you can't stop it. Once you open that door, you can't stop it. And I think that's been the real difference. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely hard, hard on the kids. When you and I, you know, encountered bullying going through school, we went home and it was done. Right. At least we had that. Now, kids, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is. Yep, that access. Such a massive challenge. It is, and and that's where parents, you know, know what your kids are doing, you know, help over, and, and it's hard because, you know, everything is private. Every kid has their own phone. Before, you know, we had a phone hanging on the wall and you yeah. did a little rotary dial. Yeah. Uh, every kid has their own phone now. And so the access um, to other people is, is so great. Um, it does present extra challenges. Uh, we don't have a lot of time left, but I did want to talk about this virtual education program. Uh, can you tell me what this is? You bet. We uh, we started about, oh, six years ago, Cowboy State Virtual Academy. So this was pre-COVID, um, and it was a way truly to kind of address um, homeschool parents that were looking for a curriculum uh, for their kids. Uh, it really was kind of tailored to homeschool parents. We don't want brick-and-mortar kids you know, leaving to go into our virtual program. Some people do for a variety of reasons, be it anxiety, parents travel. We, we have a couple of kids that are very active in rodeo, and so they're, they're, always, they're always gone. Um, and so we do get some brick and mortar that do that, but primarily our target audience is homeschool because, you know, we believe that the brick and mortar is the best place for kids, yeah. by and large, um, unless there's extenuating circumstances. Um, it certainly grew through the COVID years, um, and we had up to 250 uh, kids from across the state. We were a statewide program, and uh, it is K-12. Right now, we have about 140 kids, um, and our goal is not to, to be larger. 250 is as large as we'd ever want to get. We want to be able to serve these kids very, very well and serve these parents. Um, there's two other programs in the state um, that do a really nice job, and their model's a little bit different. Um, the companies that they contract with hire their teachers, but we hire our own teachers for all of this. We, we have a little better control and oversight over the program, what's taught um, by doing that. But we feel it serves a, a niche that may be missed um, for some of those kids that may not be you know, getting, getting a, a, a true experience because they're either not able to attend because of health reasons or, or they travel a lot. Yeah. Now. Tell me about partners in education. So, you know, Sheridan County, our, our districts are so blessed uh, to be in such a philanthropic uh, county with with people that are willing to help partner with us. We, we couldn't do it without those partners. Um, the social worker position that I talked about, um, that, that's not something that's funded through the legislature. Um, it's not in, in the uh, funding model, but we felt it was a need. And so um, the Scott Foundation and the Kibbe Foundation 
have have ponied up a, a oh, almost wow. yeah almost fully funding the social social worker position for us um, for a three-year period to see how it goes so we have a great relationship with them Whitney benefits of course through their support of the college um, we're recipients of that as well because we have a lot of kids that take concurrent and dual enrollment classes through Sheridan College and so the Whitney benefits program benefits us in fact we applied for a grant about five years ago and received an anatomage table, which is basically a, a computer display of the human body. And so our anatomy teachers can, it, it's, it's not a cadaver, but it's about as close as you can wow, get. Wow, really? And, and yep, and it's, it's quite a spendy piece of equipment that we certainly could not have afforded, but Whitney Benefits came through. And um, and then a relationship with the Bochies. You know, we, we pass a half mill for uh, Board of Cooperative Higher Education Services. And so that helps fund some equipment for our CTE programs, um, and, and that's and that's the community doing that for us because the half mill that you pay if you live in Sheridan District One goes to support those types of programs. So uh, we certainly don't do it alone, and and are so thankful to our, our parents and our partners for for uh, coming together on educating our Sheridan One kids. And it's it's great to hear about how that generosity is going to uh, you know not just educate the kids but give them fantastic opportunities like that table. Right. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have even thought that you could get access to something like that in a grade school. You know, that's, to me, that's college and higher. Right. You it, know. We're, we're very, very lucky. And then the benefit, the benefit is when these kids leave high school, they're so much more prepared for, in, in this situation, for a job at a clinic or a nursing yeah. home or at the hospital. Um, and so it really, it really does pay off. The investment we make now in our kids pays off um, down the road. Mr. Kilbrad, we have we've run out of time, uh, but I want to say thank you so much for coming in today. Thanks Keeping for having me on, on on a great school district, and uh, I greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much, Floyd. All right, when we come back, we're going to speak with Sheridan County School District Number Three Superintendent Chase. Christensen. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Share. At Eliason Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. The owners and staff at Kane's Funeral like to thank the families of Sheridan and Johnson counties for choosing Kane's and allowing them to serve you during these hard times. Kane Funeral makes it their mission to take the stress and uncertainty out of ceremonial services. They own and operate the only crematory in Sheridan County, so your loved one is always in their care. Kane's Funeral, call 673-5837 or visit them online at KateFuneral.com. Having your own business can be overwhelming. Parker Mellinger can make your life easier with payroll preparation, accounting, and tax services. Our fixed price agreement is set according to
suited to your needs and features unlimited phone calls and meetings for one monthly fee. Choose only the services you need and we will tailor them to fit your business. Call today to see how we can provide you with cost-effective solutions. Parker Mellinger, 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. Sheridan Orthopedic Associates continues its over 50-year tradition of surgical excellence in Northeast Wyoming and Southern Montana with the addition of Dr. Jory Wasserberger, a Wyoming native and fellowship trained at the Mayo Clinic in Orthopedic Sports Medicine. Dr. Wasserberger joins a team of highly rated surgeons providing spine, sports, hand, hip, knee, and shoulder surgery, joint replacement, and more, including emergency care 24-7-365 days a year. Visit us at SheridanOrtho.com to learn more. Bye-bye, my good boy. Be good while we go on vacation. Parents get so uptight leaving us precious pets behind, but when they leave us in the quality care of McGraw's Paws, they really have nothing to worry about. We get lots of love and attention from the trained staff. This place is so nice, clean, safe, and pretty darn comfortable, so we dogs and cats have a good time while they're away. Plus, it's in a convenient in-town location for our humans. McGraw's Paws, 1820 Gabriel Court, next to Second Chance Cat Rescue. Call 307-381-2184. We're taking in advance reservations. It's the Fall Y'all Festival, Saturday, October 1st, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Museum at the Bighorns. Free admission for all. Vendors, face painting, pie walk, contests, silent auction, kids crafts, live music, and more. Bring your whole family and enjoy the fun for the first ever It's Fall Y'all Festival, October 1st from 10 to 2 p.m. Lots of activities for everyone. Visit museumatthebighorns.org for more information. Museum at the Bighorns, 850 Sibley Circle, right off of Exit 23. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Eliason Financial. Now, for the second half of the show this morning, I am joined by Sheridan County School District Number 3 Superintendent, Chase Christensen. Good morning, Mr. Christensen. Thank you, Floyd. It's nice to be in. Uh, thanks for coming in. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, I've, I've had a chance to talk to a lot of districts over the past couple of years, but uh, this was the first time I really got to meet you guys face-to-face and have you right here in the studio. And so I, I greatly appreciate you guys taking that time because I know you're, you're pretty busy right now. <laughs> It's a terrific time of year. You know, it's uh, with the changing weather and uh, we're getting kids back into swing where everything's just kind of a normal run of the day deal. And uh, it's it's the best time of year, both both for education as well as uh, just living here. Now, when it comes to like getting back into a normal swing of things, I, I spoke to Mr. Kilbride just briefly on the COVID issue. Do you feel that... Uh, uh, we're trying to get back to a, a or, or maybe we are getting back to a normal pre-COVID. You know, I, I think that we're pretty close to that. And we've been pretty lucky in Wyoming throughout the pandemic yeah. that we've been able to operate our schools in person for the vast majority of that time. Uh, we're continuing with some of the best things that came out of the pandemic for schools, keeping things a little bit cleaner, having some protocols in place where um, we're just making sure that it doesn't matter what illness is around. Yeah. We're, we're able to operate with more students in seats in school on a regular basis. And so those, those best practices that we've, we've taken, that you're, you're seeing good results from those as well in attendance. Uh, yeah, I think that it, definitely throughout the past couple of years we've seen it knocked down. I mean, the number of students out, number of staff out for flu, colds, uh, and everything to do with that. It's just... Uh, 
I think it's a better, better for education, better for us all around. Now, how has the beginning of the school year within school district number three gone so far? You know, it's it's first year in there for me, and a couple months in, I I've been absolutely amazed. Um, our students are terrific, and they come in with a positive attitude every day. Staff, likewise, uh, it, it's a terrific environment. I would encourage um, if if people have an opportunity to come out and visit. It's it's just a great spot, and we're doing good things for kids. Now, when it comes to that. What uh, what school is involved in school district number three, for those who may not know? Absolutely. School district three is, is the eastern part of the county, and historically it's had a, a couple schools. Uh, a couple of years ago, though, Arveda, the school at Arveda closed down, or it was mothballed by the state. And right now we're operating the K-12 school at Claremont and uh, students from throughout the district come into Claremont for school there. And, and you said this is your first year as superintendent. Yep. What inspired you to take that position? You know, there, there are multiple ways to answer that question. I think the, the big one is that I, I got into education for uh, the impact that I can have in terms of, uh, of our future yeah. and helping students be uh, positive and, and contributing citizens. Throughout my career, from being a, a math and business teacher to being a principal to now a superintendent, it's just been a matter of how that influence ends up being affected. Yeah. And I'll tell you, to be honest, there's there's that entire education side, but um, when when I started looking for positions last fall, it really was a matter of finding a way to get in the Sheridan County as well. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, you really had your heart set right here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, were you raised here, born here? I was not. I grew up all over Montana. I went to high school in Cody, and, and uh, you know, it just, when I was in high school, backpacking a lot in the Bighorns, and uh, I love the area, and it's a great culture here and, and some good things to do, so I just wanted to make that part of my life. Oh, absolutely. Now, uh, can you tell me... Uh, what Y Built is. Yeah, the Y Built uh, grant is uh, something put together. It's, it's for literacy, and uh, I think there are 25 districts in the state that have received this grant. It, it actually, for us, represents over the next three years a, a fairly large chunk of our budget. Um, it's allowing us to, to bring in some uh, high-level resources to get a literacy audit done and really take a, a hard look at the practices that we have in terms of educating students to read and then it'll, it'll turn around and help us build a plan for uh, literacy instruction going forward. How to attack those trouble spots, is that? Absolutely, identify some of the trouble spots, identify really, and I wouldn't even say trouble spots, it's gonna be opportunities. Ah, yeah. um, because as I said, our, our teachers are doing a great job right now, we're just gonna, we're gonna pinpoint some opportunities and we're gonna have a consultant come in and help us re to reach those. Now, uh, what does the district need to do or what standards need to be met to qualify for this grant? Or is this one of those grants that they're like, you know what, just here you go? Or is there something you really have to do? One, one of the, the big practices that is required by this grant is that um, Sheridan 3 had already been making a shift toward using the science of reading for literacy instruction, which uh, digs into some research that's, that's about 20, 25 years old. But um, they're, they're trying to, the state and the grant is trying to move schools away from uh, some, of, some of the literacy instructional methods and towards science of reading. 
science of reading. Yeah. Can you, uh, can you elaborate on what that is? Y- y- just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it, it really digs back into phonics, phonological awareness, phonemic awareness for students, and, and making sure that they're able to uh, understand the sounds, see the sounds, blend words um, prior to when we we think toward the end of that, looking toward reading fluency. and um, But it's, it's digging back into the basics of reading and making sure that by the end of third grade, all of our students are reading at a very successful level and they can use reading to drive their education rather than struggling with that later on. And kids' knowledge, uh, uh, as I was, I was speaking on before, coming into kindergarten, first grade, they're, they're so much farther ahead than where like I was. Uh, this, this fundamental change in reading, uh, have you noticed any, any issues as, as we're doing that? I mean, are we going too fast or do you feel that, you know what, this is right on target. These kids can learn this, they know it, and they're moving right along. You know, I, I'd hate to find ourselves in a position where we're not challenging students. And, yeah. I, and I think that's our goal as educators is to, for every single one of our students, find out kind of where they're at and use the tools we've got in place to drive that education forward for them. Um, we're, at Sheridan 3 especially, we're in a great position with the number of students we have that um, we, we truly can tailor instruction and, and tailor what we're doing to each individual student and not worry about where the class is overall. Oh, wow. We're, yeah. we're just trying to drive each kid to be as successful as possible. And, and if that means filling some gaps and, and bringing them up to that class level, that's terrific. If it means that they come in ahead of, ahead of the curve well, sure and we're able to keep driving that, thank you so uh, we're much. able to keep that going all the way through graduation, that's our goal. You know, I, I didn't really think about that until just now, but you do have thank you, thank a great you, advantage with, uh, with, with the educators that you have out there and the uh, amount of students that you have. Do you feel that the school district number three really gets to be a lot more personable time spent that, with students per educator? I think that helps us quite a bit. And, and there are, at the elementary level, we do have some mixed grade levels. So we've got overall, first and second grade together, third and fourth, fifth and sixth. I, I really do look at it as an advantage all across the board. Number of students in the classroom. Our teachers have the opportunity to spend a couple years with the student rather than a new teacher every year. I think the relationships that we're able to build, teacher to student and teacher to family, and and really bring that into making a cohesive model for education. It it's uh, like like I started out. It's a great opportunity. It really is. I, and and I didn't know that the, the couple grades are together. And so one teacher could be my teacher for fourth grade and fifth grade. Uh, huge advantage there. She gets to she or he gets to watch and help my progression for two years. Uh, I even I had a different teacher. For, Gosh, every year. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, I can't even think about uh, the um, the amount of attention that, uh, and like you said, the relationship that's built. They know me better as we go forward, and that is a huge advantage. And we we lean on that too. Um, I, I, I talked with Mr. Kilbride here just about school safety, and that's that's one of the huge points for us is that we we make sure that those relationships are in place, and students are are willing to and have somebody that they're comfortable talking with when they get to school every day. Uh, you see that taking a, a big effect on, on safety and security in the students? Absolutely. Uh, you know, if if we're not having students 
students that are that are allowing things to bottle up if, if they're willing to have those conversations and and you know mr kilbride talked toward counselors and, and social workers in the district um, that's all built toward creating those relationships and making sure that students have a safe space when they get to school and they're, and they're feeling like it's a safe space yeah and i think that that's another opportunity and, and great thing that we've got going is that we do have students who are comfortable when they get to school they, they can come in and talk to anyone in the office their teachers uh, throughout the day and make sure that we're on a level field that's amazing that's that's actually i mean a lot of people might think that you know smaller school districts have some sort of disadvantage but all i'm seeing is advantages in uh, the time spent uh, and the relationships that are built and the comfortable, uh, I guess you could say, comfortability of children with, with staff. A huge advantage, especially in this day and age when I could feel comfortable going to a teacher and saying, hey, I'm getting bullied outside on social media. You might not see it here, but it's happening over here. Are you guys seeing problems with that as well? I, I don't think that any school is absent of those types of issues. Yeah. And it's part of the makeup of, of population we work with. And it's a difficult time in life, especially for the, those students in middle school, high school age. Um, you, we're always going to see that, and, and it happens on social media. Um, we don't see it as much within the building, but that just doesn't doesn't happen as much even as when we were in school. Yeah, but um, making sure that people are or students are able to bring that forward, parents are able to have conversations with us when they have uh, t things come up. The other thing that we've got going and, and we're bringing in uh, in terms of use is if if there ever is a, a threat within the school, um, we're we're using a comprehensive model to to dig into that threat, work through it, and provide supports for a student that's in need. Yeah, and I think that's true across the state, across the county. But, but that's something that we're putting in place to make sure that we're providing that great environment for students to learn. Now, as superintendent, uh, how important it is is to you to create that or cultivate that positive school climate? Uh, you know, uh, anti-bullying, uh, safety, taking into consideration the feelings and the anxieties of our students. And is that just like a, a large portion of your job to create that culture? It, it is a big portion, and it's it's there because if if teachers aren't comfortable and students aren't comfortable, uh, learning's not going to take place. And that that's the number one thing is that a student can be uh, safe across every measure, socially, emotionally, everything else, so that when they're in the classroom, they're able to focus on that. Absolutely, like like with hunger, uh, you know, I, we hear that a lot. If a child's hungry, they're not going to learn. Well, if I'm distracted or worried. Or, or feel like I'm, well, I'm about to get bullied at recess. I'm not focusing on my study. Uh, now, uh, how is the district regarding top scores? And, and how does the Wyoming Department of Education play in? Yeah, so our, our top scores and everybody's in the state were reported publicly last last week, and the accountability reports came out. Right now, shared in three, uh, both at the K-8 level and the 9-12 level, we're at a, a point where uh, we're partially meeting the expectations of the state, and there are a couple reasons for that. One thing I want to call out, our achievement levels for our students are very high, uh, you know, higher than state average. But the growth that our students showed last year on Y-Top is what's causing that point to where the, 
the partially meeting expectations was set for the state. Because we're partially meeting expectations, uh, we're going to put together a school improvement plan, and we're going to be working uh, all year. We started uh, before we even got got back to school. Teachers working on uh, learning how to use some data and, and planning in their classroom, so that um, all of our students are setting their own growth goals this year, and they're they're taking taking a big part in that that goal setting process for themselves, and uh, that's going to help drive that growth so that we can get back to a point where we're uh, meeting the expectations and uh, green light red state. Now, what, at what age level do you look at me and say, okay, boy, I want you to take your education seriously and I want you to set your own goals? I don't think that can start too early. I, really? I, I think that it, the right conversation, even at a kindergarten level, the right conversation that takes place between a, a student and a teacher, I, I really look at goal setting and goal accomplishment is one of the great drivers in life and, and that can happen as small a thing as you know what are you going to accomplish today up to you know what are you going to accomplish in your career and I think that if we're able to set our students on the path of goal attainment yeah. and they understand that when I set a goal and I work hard I can achieve it and I can be moving forward in my life that that's not a process that we can start too early and that's the a great point that you made because even at a young age you meet that goal that self-confidence boosts instantly i did this on my own mm -hmm. and and being able to do that as a first or a second grade uh you know because it just feels like kids nowadays are much more involved in their education than than i was and maybe that's just because of the way that i address my education at a young age but or maybe it's because of educators like yourself who are saying, you know what, they can do this. And so we're going to present it, and we're going to watch it happen. Uh, do you feel that? Or it you know, I, I think there is a recognition uh, across the board. Students are pretty capable. Yeah. And, and when, when we allow that and we almost step out of the way and just let them achieve, uh, pretty amazing things are happening. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly a tailored process and a guided process. Uh, we've got terrific staff that are they, that are taking these challenges on and um, both learning for themselves at the same time that we're helping the students learn. But I think that, like you said, the, the agency that's brought into the fact when uh, students are able to achieve a goal, see that outcome for themselves, see the, the results of good effort and hard, hard work, um, it only ends up turning the corner for good things. Absolutely, absolutely. I, th I think, you know, if, if I had addressed or been addressed in that way at a younger age, I think I would have taken my education much more serious than, than what I ended up. Because, you know, back in the 80s, it was just time to go hang out with your friends, right? <laughs> the education portion of that was just a, kind of the side thing that you had to do. Now, um, when is the YTOP is administered to students? What time of year do we do that? We have some options to, to administer the test in an interim version uh, throughout the year, and teachers can use uh, portions of the YTOP in their, in their classroom. But the actual summative test that the state puts together and all third through 10th graders in the state take is uh, typically around the start of April middle April. Now, I'm, I'm running out of time, sir. I've only got about two minutes left, but I do want to address uh, two things. Number one, can you tell me real quick about the partnership the district has with Sheridan College? Yeah, Sheridan College has been uh, a great a great place for our students to be able to engage in dual and concurrent enrollment. Um, we've got 
students that are taking online classes through the college, and that, that just provides a great variety in terms of what they're able to access in their high school education, as well as get some earning college credits while they're at our district. Um, we've also got a, a few teachers within the school, and we're going to be working on getting some more that are uh, credit, accredited by the college to oh, provide wow. college classes within our building. And uh, just making sure it's, it's back to the, the goal setting deal. When, when we have a student that's able to successfully complete a college course before they get out of high school, they're far more likely to tackle another college course, choose to go to college, because they know they can be successful at it already. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, uh, my daughter's a prime example. She was able to take a couple college courses while she was in high school. But, and, and it was kind of on that uh, motivation, I was able to convince her, just keep that ball rolling. As soon as we graduate, just go right into college, keep that ball moving forward. Yeah, Mr. Christensen, I want to thank you for taking the time coming in here and speaking with me today. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure meeting you, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again. Well, I appreciate that. I hope we can make this uh, a little bit of a, kind of a regular thing. I, me too. I think this would be great. All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared. At Stiefel, our focus is on you, your needs, and your goals. You won't be plugged into a one-size-fits-all model. This is Jeff Tomlinson, financial advisor and branch manager at Stiefel. We practice a service model where our clients can share their vision and ask questions. Regardless of your situation, our guidance is driven by your investment needs. Call us at 307-672-3434 to talk about your financial goals. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Do you love what you do? Well, I do. Hi, this is Jill Bates with Best Real Estate. I have the pleasure of working with many amazing people every day, assisting them with the next chapter, whether buying or selling. Real estate is not just looking at pretty homes. There are lots of hoops, steps, and challenges to overcome and people to coordinate to achieve a successful closing. We don't expect you to know what to do. You don't do this every day like we do. Let me and my outstanding and caring team at Best Real Estate be your guide and make the start of your next chapter a success. Give us a call today, 675. B-E-S-T. As always, make it a great day. Moss Holders Design Center is here to help you create a space that you'll love. If you're relocating, remodeling, or just refreshing your home, Moss Holders' talented design team can help you through the process. With free in-home consultations, Moss Holders will be able to find the furniture and finishing touches that work best with your space, your lifestyle, and your budget. So if you want to change the look of just one room or furnish an entire home, Moss Holders designers can get it done. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. At Elias and Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, Visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Hey, I'm former New York City cab driver Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me weekdays from 10 to 1 on Fox Across America on AM 930 and 103.9 FM KROE.